Hello and welcome to the Forbes India Cover Story podcast series in association with theindicast.com. My name is Abhishek and we are recording this on the eve of 2022. So very happy new year to all our listeners. And to talk about the special year end issue we have with us for the first time, Forbes India's Anubhati Mata. Hi Anubhati, thanks for joining in. Hi Abhishek, thank you so much for having me and yes, I want to wish all our readers and listeners a very happy new year. I really hope that it's it's filled with a lot of adventures and it's it's definitely less tragic than the last two years. It will be healthier than what it was before. Let's all hope definitely. that happens. The year end is supposed to be a time when the edit team gets together and has a little bit of fun uh, with the package itself. So what's the theme like for this year for Forbes India? What did you guys decide in your virtual meetings to put out this time around and why? We definitely were very cognizant of all the tragedies that had occurred during the second wave and in the beginning of the year. But we also wanted to put out an issue that is forward looking. If you also take a look at our cover, it's really positive. It's happy and there's a pop of colors. And, you know, the theme of the issue is 22 for 2022. So we have about 22 writers, all exemplary distinguished people from their fields writing about their respective topics. And we're really looking forward to what is going to happen in those particular fields in 2022. To jump into it, actually, Brian summarized in his letter very well, which is titled of Omicrons and Unicorns. So we are entering 2022 when we really don't know how this one, how this year is going to end, right? A lot of states, especially I am in Karnataka, we are under a lockdown and so is Delhi and all of those other states. So uh, the emergence of the variant makes it crystal clear that mutations of the virus are here to stay for at least the next few years. So how do we deal with it? And the answer lies in one of the 22 essays that Forbes India has put out. And this is our special collector's edition, you know, because there are 22 writers that have written about various different topics. For instance, Dr. GVS Murthy says that, you know, this is actually towards the latter part of 2022. COVID-19 might as well establish itself as an endemic disease, one that is present continuously at low intensity, but mutations will keep occurring like with influenza. And of course, who can forget that 2021 was also a year when the startup ecosystem was flushed with funds. We had 41, actually, as we speak, 42 unicorns occur in 2021. And some part of that is also down to how people have been forced to adopt digital as consumers and also companies had to figure out ways to reach to their masses or even to for their employees for that matter. If there were a a silver lining or an unintended consequence of the whole pandemic was that uh, India has uh, leapfrogged many other companies, for many other countries for that matter. For instance, UPI, there is no equivalent of UPI in the West. We had introduced it before the pandemic, but it, it just got more legs after uh, COVID-19 kicked in. Definitely. We have just seen innovation. We have seen pivots happening. Talking of UPI, we have Suhail Samir who has written about UPI and how it is going to become the way people function in the next few years. And this is something that all of us will have to adapt. Yes, and you're right about the unicorns as well. I think there were more unicorns in a week than there were in the whole of last year, uh, which happened in uh, April. And, and most of them are from the startups, uh, IT startups uh, who, you know, got wings after they got, uh, they were listed. As one of our year-end compilations, we have put out a, a list of startups and everything that happened for mm-hmm. them, for them to turn unicorn. So it is one of the things that people should read and, and what made these startups unicorns. 
Yes, another stellar story that uh, I read in the uh, package was that of uh, COVID vaccination and treatment for transgenders. And right. uh, I was surprised to read that, you know, they, they are not counted on the COVID platform and there are over 400,000 registered transgenders in the country. That's a big figure, the population of a few small European countries. So what's that about and how important is that? Actually, as somebody who is really interested in gender and culture issues, this was one article that really moved me. We have Aksa Sheikh, who is the Associate Professor of Community Medicine at Hamdard Institute of Medical Sciences and Research in Delhi, and Harikirtan Raghuram, who is the Project Coordinator at Sangar in Bhopal, tell us that transgender individuals anyway face challenges in accessing healthcare in India, right? And COVID-19 has only exacerbated this inequality. Uh, recently, when the government was asked a question about how many transgender individuals have been vaccinated so far, the government did not have a number to give as transgender individuals are not counted on the COVID platform. It is a reality that several people in the community have faced a lot of difficulty getting vaccinated and this comes to be viewed as vaccine hesitancy at the individual level. Uh, the writers say that we could start with implementing the legislation, the Transgender Persons Protection of Rights Act 2019, and, you know, there needs to be a change in the attitudes of all health, all healthcare staff and not just doctors. And this really needs to start at home level, you know, gender sensitization, inclusion, starting from school level where we have to often unlearn social biases that we passively learn. And for vaccination to smoothly happen, there needs to be a separate vaccination drive to reach out to the transgender community. So the writers say that the government can take help of several community-based organizations. And most importantly, the government needs to allow registration for vaccination without the requirement of Aadhaar card. Because as you said, there are 488,000 transgender individuals in the country, but only 64,374 of them have Aadhaar cards. We're really hopeful and so are the writers. Although at the ground level, things are very slow. Based on my interactions with people in the community, people are still not exposed to the kind of healthcare that they require and that they are eligible for. So vaccines becomes a whole new game for them to access right now. Talking about things being slow, India has been notorious for its uh, glacial change when it comes to women and the workforce, which is a segue into the next subject where you have an essay on, on that as well, where India has done very poorly on this count, whether it is a school dropouts uh, across the country to representation in the boardrooms. How do you see that pan out? So the essay actually is reflection of where we stand as mm. a country and women's participation in the workforce because the numbers that have been displayed in the essay are force you to think about what we are really doing about women's participation in the workforce. And mm. it just got worse during the pandemic because of this whole, the fact that women had to stay at home and become the caretaker and all of those things, right? So it just took us back. Mm. on all the progress that we had made so far. And the writer, uh, Mitali Nikore, who is the founder of Nikore Associates, a youth-led economics research and policy think tank, she says that women have consistently been excluded from India's growth story. And now is the time for them to be placed at the front and center at the heart of the post-COVID-19 recovery. But now is the time to talk about how we can recover from the losses that we have been made in different sectors. So, uh, for instance, central and state governments can support this through specific measures, such as including quotas for women across all levels of government jobs, preferential procurement from women entrepreneurs in government contracts, 
or expanding access to education and skill training for women and girls, especially in STEM sectors, because we know how abysmal the numbers are in the STEM community when it comes to women. And STEM, for those who may not be aware of, uh, uh, is an acronym that stands for science, technology, engineering and math. That is one uh, common thread across all articles is that they are indeed forward looking uh, in that what is it that one can expect and where do we go from here in, in the next year and thereafter. What are some of the other highlights? Uh, one of the things that I also read about was everything related to employment and hiring. And this piece is written by Ashutosh Gupta, who is the India country manager at LinkedIn. So of course, flexibility is here to stay. And we saw how flexibility began to transform workplaces in 2021 and he says that it's only going to continue and become more normalized in 2022 so good news there for people who believe in flexibility and want flexibility uh, the next thing is that the need for a balanced lifestyle has become an immediate need that also needs to be addressed and i think employers have to keep that in mind and uh, over the next year, we can also expect more companies to actually make a shift to skills-based hiring. So companies are not really looking at formal qualifications and previous experience. It's really about skilling and upskilling. Yes. And, and there are articles around you know, climate change, about controlling methane, uh, cashless payments that you briefly covered. You yourself have uh, written a small chunk on uh, the books that uh, Forbes India picked for for this year, and and you picked Love in Lockdown as one of the books that you liked in 2021. Yeah, actually, so uh, like every year, we also did a year-end compilation for the best books, best podcasts, best TV shows, etc. And in this mm. issue, we have carried best books. So actually, as somebody who's always interested in gender issues, as I mentioned earlier, this year I decided to stay a little light because mm -hmm. uh, there was too much happening and I didn't want to engage myself in really serious things. So yeah. I picked up Love in Lockdown because it resonated because uh, <laughs> uh, I, actually I don't know if I should say this, but I found Love in Lockdown and I got married during the lockdown and it, it felt like it felt mm -hmm. like it was it was an easy story and an easy piece to connect. Excellent. Congratulations on that one as well. And, and yes, uh, from the summary uh, that you write about uh, uh, in the story about how it does not appear to be over the top and uh, that the book is light yet believable or realistic. Yes, absolutely. For anybody looking for love stories, this is the one to go for because it's it's very interesting to see what happens when two lovers are falling in love and, and are one balcony apart and they've never seen each other. <laughs> Excellent. I think uh, on, on that optimistic and not so gloomy note, uh, we can uh, bring this podcast to an end. Thank you very much, Anubhuti, for your time on this one and a very happy new year to you. Same to you, Abhishek. Thank you so much. Thank you. And all you listeners, you can get this podcast on ForbesIndia.com, on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple and Google Podcasts or any other app that you use to consume such content. And to have someone call you for a Forbes India subscription, message Forbes to 51818.